1: Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Um, it's the special season end review, I think, you're calling it. Um, Josh, Psychic
0: Josh is there. It, he- it seems appropriate. The season has ended. This is a review. We'll yeah. go with end of season review.
1: End of season review. Um, and we're joined by one of our, well, my favourite guests. I mean, I, I don't like to diss all the other guests on the Master Podcast, but frankly, none of them live, quite live up to Alex Brooker um, off of TV and the last leg, etc. Hi, Alex. Is Alex frozen?
2: Oh, there you go. Hi, Alex. Hello, mate. Sorry, you got me back then. I thought I'd lost internet connection. (laughs) Yeah, you froze for a bit.
0: This is an an appropriate beginning for an (laughs) Arsenal end of season review. That within 30 seconds, the main reason for being here that we've got Alex with us and he was nearly disconnected, but he's back. You're back, Alex. I'm back. Thanks for having me back, fellas. Thank you. Pleasure.
1: You've got um, your... uh, I just need to say one thing, Josh, before you get into it with Alex, which is that the makers of premium gaming peripherals, HyperX, are offering UK-based customers 20% off their entire full-price gaming headset range throughout May. Terms and conditions apply. Head on over to uk.hyperx.com to read the terms and conditions and use the discount code ARSENAL, as in Arsenal Football Club and Footballistically Arsenal, once at the checkout
0: uk.hyperx.com carry on josh what are you gonna say well what i was gonna say is i think both of you were at the final game of the season which i'm very jealous of i didn't didn't make it in the end and uh you were both there i wasn't intrigued firstly to hear how it was being back at the stadium well alex how was it for you i
2: do you know what there was like 10 minutes of being in there i kind of sat down and i was just thinking how much i'd missed it um it was quite emotional getting getting back in for the first time in, in over a year um my brother was actually strangely quite emotional about it, and he's absolute stone. So he <laughs> he, he was, um, but then within ten minutes we were sat there, and it's just like, oh god, was so crap. Oh god, the football <laughs> it was so it was it was refreshing to be back. It was refreshing <laughs> to moan in there. Um, it was very well set up um, within the stadium. Uh, I thought it was all pretty felt felt pretty safe in there. Really, it was absolutely fine. Um they were abs they would not let us stand. Even after the goals, they were sh- like straight down. The the fun sponge steward was straight down within like a minute, a minute. The players have just got back to the center circle. It's like, come on, you've got to sit down. This is an all-seater stadium. And it's just like Come on, mate! (laughs)
1: Where did you? Where were you sitting? Were you sitting in your usual seat? So yeah,
2: I was. I was just further down from my usual seat. So just um, yeah, beyond the goal in in the north bank. Um, So yeah, it was. It was good to be back,
0: though. It was good to see us get a win. Um, Yeah. Hmm. Was there more positivity for like everyone being back in the stadium? People smiling at each other. Did it feel positive? Well, Boydo, what did you think up I in think club so. level? Was everyone, so. everyone
1: overly we polite? Were, everyone was very polite. Everyone was very enthusiastic, um, I have to say. And we were not we were in the clock end, which is we're normally um kind of on the corner of the north bank and the east stand, I think, or west stand, one of the two, east end. Um so we were completely the other end of the stadium. So that was it was just exciting for us to have a different view, different vantage point. And I have to say that um the that we were treated like gods in in the um elitist um club level <laughs> because you had to to get anything to eat or drink you had to sit you had you, we were, everyone was allocated a table every single person who went to the match was allocated a table in, in in club level and you're given the table number and then someone brought you you could order your drinks you someone brought you the drinks and the food you ordered the halftime drinks and they were there waiting for you like at the theater <laughs> Um, wow. you know when you came back during the interview it was unbelievable luxury so we did at the end of the day we did kind of all agree <laughs> me, Dermot and Domiwell, that 10,000 fans is the same as kind of the optimum number now that actually we don't necessarily need the other 40,000 or whatever it is 50,000
2: yeah. because this was lovely the, the noise didn't really change that much either. No, no. it's when we honest. It, it was. Yeah. Um, it was nice. It was. It was nice to be back to see people seeing in um, the noise as well around us when when Pepe got that first goal as well. It was brilliant. Yeah. It was just as nice to see him see him going going across celebrating in front of fans and 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 that. And it was yeah. It was really. It was. It was lovely to be back.
0: It's been a tough season, but it was. A, that was a nice way to end it and how was the lap of honor um i mean the oh. highlight was obviously gabriel looking for his tooth i don't know if you stayed in the stadium <laughs> yeah. long enough yeah. but uh, how well, was dermot, the lap of honor dermot
1: spotted um gabriel we went we had a post match drink as well um we Well had of a
0: course few, you did you had, yeah. you had your own table you had your own course <laughs> right. you're going to take <laughs> so advantage so we had some yeah.
1: camden we had some camden hells after the, after the game but dermot just happened to wander on his way i think to the loo and back he happened to look out of the at the at the empty stadium and see gabriel walking around looking really stressed out and looking and we he was like what the fuck's going on so we were trying to work out and then a steward told him that he was looking for his tooth um wow. so that was weird but the alex I don't know about, but the the post-match um in quotes lap, it was not a lap of honor it was basically the whole squad and everyone just congregating in the middle and being really uncomfortable and awkward and not knowing what to do and kind of celebrating a bit and not and um that was about it, wasn't it? It was like there was no, it was not a lap of honour.
2: Oh, I'm not going to lie, um, we didn't have the luxury of table service in in the North <laughs> Bank, uh, and um, we did one. Uh, uh, even though oh, we'd yeah. waited a year to be inside the ground, um, <laughs> I said to my brother, "Are oh, we staying?" And he went, "Sod that! <laughs> Will's got a yeah, table booked enough. at the Victoria Tavern for six. <laughs> Let's do one." <laughs> So we went, we, went, we went and we went and done one. Um, so, yeah, we yeah. didn't, I didn't even see, I didn't even uh, get to see it. But it was, it was lovely. I mean,
1: you didn't miss, you did not miss anything. It, it was, it was so awkward. And it was basically like the players like saying goodbye to David Louise. And they, 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 so they said goodbye to David Louise. There was an announcement about that, which was nice. And then there was a roll call of all of the Arsenal fans who had died during COVID, during the pandemic. And so that, so it was quite downbeat, really. And they had some kind of like, you know, um, moving music. So it was It was just a weird one. It was just a weird end. Um, I thought Arteta could have said something, you know, just gone on a mic and said, thanks for something, B didn't. It was, it was
0: a bit kind of desultory, I think. Is that the word? I'm using that word. <laughs> anyway. Yes. And it, what was the mood in the stadium? Were you, you presumably were keeping an eye on the other scores and there was a long period oh. where we were nearly in Europe in this uh, Euro, Euro conference oh. league. Were you happy, sad? What was it the emotion? Was, I know it was weird, but it felt like... Because for so long
2: Tottenham were, were losing and it was like, oh God, they've equalised. And there was almost a feeling of inevitability that they were then going to go in front um, to be honest with you, the, the conference thing—I I hadn't even really thought about. It. I just kept thinking, "Oh well, we might finish above Spurs." I mean, it's not—that shouldn't be how you measure your success. But it would have been a nice end to the season. It's been fairly crap, so it would have been nice for us to finish above them. And then it was—I when we came out, I was just saying to my brother, "Like, oh, shame we didn't finish above Spurs." And he was like, "Well, don't really, it don't really—it doesn't really matter. It's just been—it was rubbish, even if we had." Of, so, and I was like, "Aren't oh, nice optimism." <laughs> glad i brought you back after um after a year i got to spend this time with you quality time so um yeah it was i was i was a little bit downbeat about it but after a while you just think i'm not sure when i saw the teams in you, in the conference league the list when they when they're there on paper as a list and i like to pride myself i think of myself as fairly knowledgeable i've played a lot of football manager but honestly some of those teams i was just like who the hell are they? And, I mean, if Spurs can't win that, if Spurs can't win that conference thing, then they ain't going to win it. I suppose they've got Roma in there, but, I mean, other than that, if they can't win that, yeah. they're never going to win a trophy because their teams yeah. in there are ridiculous.
0: Well, well depending I, I, on what I d- happens with Villarreal tonight, Villarreal are, you know, are also going to be in there. But, yeah, I was looking at some of the teams that, that were in here. I mean, uh, you would have to have the most incredible depth of knowledge to uh, to know your uh, Padai Liminiskond, uh, who are, of course, uh, from Estonia, um, from your uh, Petra Cub Hintziski of Moldova, who are genuinely teams in this competition. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it would have been great for the old niche away trips and, uh, and away points that would have been accumulated. But in terms I of didn't uh, even hopes for the th- league... Um,
1: I, I was quite, I was quite looking, I was quite excited about finishing seventh just because, you know, like a whole season, we've been what, eighth or ninth, pretty much, haven't we? Like, uh, uh, you know, after, uh, and so I was kind of thought, well, to to go above Spurs in the last day would be fun to have St. Day and all that. So I thought that mainly for that reason, I thought it'd be funny. And so I was quite excited about it. Agnostic on the on the on the Conference League, I think. Yeah, like many people. I was thinking a, a league, a year without Europe. In fact, which is which is happening, will be interesting and should give you know Arteta or whoever the chance to work on the team for a week. But what happened in the stadium was what hasn't changed from normal. Um, going to the stadium is the reception on, on everyone's phone it was non-existent once you step into <laughs> the bowl of the stadium and I had no fucking idea what the scores were so I kept having to le- walk out to just to the top of the entrance to the stadium where there suddenly you get reception to get the fucking scores and honestly the last time I, I couldn't do it like more than about two or three times because then it would just go embarrassing so I, the last time I looked Spurs, Spurs were losing 2-1 and so you I like have. ran down I literally ran down to our I'll okay go, everything's going our way <laughs> like you know, literally with like 10 minutes to go and i had no idea that it was all fucking up and then like someone behind us went i think spurs of spurs are winning and we we're like what so
0: we just we didn't really have much of an idea what the fuck was going wow. on
1: that yeah. feels it's like
0: something like... from like 20 years ago like in this day and age you think yeah. all in information. Right. you should have taken a radio like in sort of the early 90s oh, when you i used to on i, used, final to, day with a I radio. used to be that
1: kid when i was a kid when i was like 13 14 i took a radio every single week and i plugged it in i listened to you know capital goals coverage of every game I, I was a real nerd but this time what was funny was that they did not tell you the final scores in the stadium uh, even up until and beyond that so-called gathering of the team you know when they came back out and i think what it, i'm my theory is they must have thought if we come seventh and get into europe and go well, i suppose we can make a big announcement on the and, and everyone will be quite happy and excited but because that didn't happen
0: so they just didn't mention it they did not give you any of the other scores, which I thought was really weird and bizarre as well, so the whole thing was a fucking mess. Do you think when we go back on the opening day next season they'll start off by going, "Do you know what we missed the final day last year If anyone who hasn't heard the scores <laughs> maybe' <laughs> go through it, maybe. I think yeah. you should demand it. I thought you were going oh. to say that your your butler was who for your table was going to come and give you tour <laughs> updates. I thought that's where you were going, earlier, boy. <laughs> that would
1: have been that would have been ideal. And the and the butler would have done it because he was a lovely chap. He would have done it absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was it's it amazing. was interesting by us to see the reaction to people singing, we want Cronky out. And at one point mm. during the second half, a load of balloons were released yes. as well uh, and stuff like that. And it was weird because there was a there was a few blokes behind us who I, I just assumed, by the way, I think I've just assumed that most Arsenal fans want them out. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd, but these blokes behind me were like, why don't well, they've like these bloke? these other blokes singing we want cronkie out and these guys behind me, they're like, well, 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 we want you out, so why don't you do one? And it was like I really thought we were as a kind of fan base, were fairly united in the fact that the the Cronkies as a whole haven't been good for Arsenal. It was really, really baffling. Um so yeah, it was it was it was nice to see um, supporters still not united, even on something on a <laughs> you know you know you normally get it a bit of needle when yeah. someone's just yeah. like having to go someone yeah. picks out a player, someone will say like is shit and then someone will just go you don't understand the game, mate, and you you get that. But I was quite I honestly thought I was surprised to see that being an argument. Yeah. I think people what? just wanted to argue. <laughs> they wanted to yeah. argue with the people around them. They'd missed. I'm it. fascinated to know. What were they in favour of? Like, what about the Cronkers is it they like? Do you know what they were just like? They've said, and this is something, I hate this argument on anything, uh, it's always comes up with managers. But one of the arguments they had was, well, you find somebody who's going to do a better job. And it's like, that's <laughs> not an argument. That's not, it's like when they say, when it's like the managers are about, it's like, well, who's out? Well, there's no one out there. Well, who? Yeah. Like, unless you want, like, I, I just couldn't understand it. Um, But do you know what? There was a moment where I started to get quite frustrated by it. And then I just thought, ah, isn't it nice to be around dickheads again? It was something (laughs) like that warmed my heart just to be around like knobheads again. And it was, it was, it was lovely. Uh, Part of me was just like, ah, this is a full match day experience coming back well Uh, half a match day experience but it was it was slightly heartwarming when those
1: balloons dropped down um i thought it was really funny because the poor um stewards had to like chase them around and (laughs) pop them and i was like this cannot be in your job description (laughs) they could not have expected of all the indignity to have to chase a fucking black balloon with conkerin on it and try and burst it (laughs) but they were and they, <laughs> they were on it. They were really on it. It was like because I wanted to get one as a souvenir, so I tried to grab one. And like, now this 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 steward was like, no, you're not in that. And 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 literally stamped on it. It was it was like, oh.
2: God. I tell you what, the stewards. I don't know what what they. Were. Obviously, you you had waiters um, coming up and down the aisle as well. But um, we, we we've asked for for where we are. I've never seen the stewards so militant as what they yeah. what they were um in in block 6 of the day. The guy was just nonstop any time you any even if you had like you had a sip of your water taking your mask down even if you had your mask down for a second oh really it's like put it back on
1: we oh uh, we nah interesting because we are oh, we we took off our masks when once the game started and we looked up to we had a lovely uh woman who was kind of in charge of our bit and she mouthed we we're looking up for permission to take our mask off, and she was like well you're not supposed to but what can i do i can't tell you not to and so we took them off yeah and we, and we dead. I mean, in the open air, with you know, spaced out, with ten thousand people, I don't think you're going to get COVID, are you, from a fucking going to see an Arsenal game for ninety minutes and not wearing a mask? That was our...
2: no. I, I thought it was it was a strange one. It was uh, for, for I don't know whether it was just Aster. Then I don't know if he was just having a bad game. But he, bad game, but he was like up and down, up and down all oh. all the all the time. Like it was, he'd probably uh... been waiting this long to be officious to wait, like waiting
1: months and months <laughs> for the return so they could <laughs> order people about. Finally, yeah.
2: People want to do. It was a really strange the standing thing. It was quite strange on because by and large, as long as I've been sitting there, there's there's never been a real problem with with standing behind the goal. That's kind of something that's kind of par for the course. That everyone just does it. And it was it was a really strange thing. Strange. Uh, it created a strange atmosphere as as yeah. well. Um, yeah, about.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, that's annoying. That's
1: annoying. Let's 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 look back on the season then, Alex, because. Um, I'm going to get, it, like, here's some weird stuff. First of all, we've got the third-best defence in the league. However, we've scored the fewest goals in a league campaign for basically decades. Um, we've got the third-highest number of points in the Premier League since Christmas Day, as I'm sure everyone knows, second only to Man City and Man United. Um, Pepe has more goal involvement in all competitions than any other Arsenal player. 21, that's assists and goals. Didn't see that happening um, Lacazette second. Um, we've beaten all the London clubs this season. The first time that's happened, it's 2007. I'm just reeling off all these stats because I'm confused. Like h- half of me, I don't know about you, half of me thinks I'd quite like to get rid of Arteta to see what a top coach would do with this team. so i I'm not sure quite sure how good or bad the team and the squad is, but on the other hand, I feel actually maybe in the second half of the season and certainly once, you know, People, like Emil Smith Rowe was a regular in the side. Then, we actually, we've kind of been all right, and it's kind of gone okay. We only ended up
2: six points behind the top four. I, didn't, I Also, I mean, you, you say six points behind the top four, and I know everyone, every team in the league will have stories about where they've been screwed by VAR. But this season, for some reason, more than more than any other time, I think in my whole time as an Arsenal supporter, a supporter I felt like we were being screwed by officials. So many excuses that have come out to justify baffling decisions. The Louise red card uh, at Wolves. If he'd have gone in two-footed, it would have been a yellow, but he wasn't trying to foul him. So it's a red. So, yeah, we've got to send him off and give a penalty. It's like, and you just go, and Peter Walton, I don't want to call out people. In here. Yeah. Peter Walton on BT literally delivers that as if he's just telling you what yeah. he's had for breakfast, as if it's the most normal thing ever. It was like on uh, the Palace game on Wednesday. Um, the justification, Ben Zake didn't get sent off because, what was it, negligible force? It's like, I've never, oh, yeah. ever heard that. Yeah, and, and it they made the, it up. Yeah, and it was like the same. It was the same as with like the fact that Schlupp should have got sent off so early and they're like, oh, it's too early for a red card. It's more of an orange card. And it's like, I I was under the impression, as long as I've been watching football, but that the rules don't like ease in as you go along. I, d- I didn't know that there was like a 10 minute. I've never known that the first 10 minutes is a basically a free for all. I mean, if they want to bring in that rule, then I think it would be, it would make for incredible viewing. Like the first yeah. 10 minutes are like basically go nuts. Anything goes crack on. Um, so yeah, there, there were a few things, uh, you know, f- fill them at home, burn the away. And I kind of did look back and I just thought, you know, a couple of those that have gone our way, we, we might have been actually even closer. Certainly would have been in Europe. Uh, certainly would have been above above spares. Um, but on the whole, obviously, the, we started the season so badly. There was such a such a bad run before Christmas, um, especially some of the, that run of home defeats and some of the football as well. I know we haven't conceded a lot, but I suppose if you're passing sideways a lot, then it, it's kind of it's not exactly <laughs> leaving yourself susceptible. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a strange one. It was, it was, it's been a strange season and there has, it's a weird one because every time I felt like there's, there's cause for optimism then something will, 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 set us back. And, um, you know, there is at the moment, I still think there is cause for optimism as, as much as my voice doesn't sound like that. I think that <laughs> there is, you know, that I, I don't think I've, I've loved the set of players as much as the likes of Smith, Rose, Saka, Tierney. Right. That we've had for a long time. I think they're, you know, I think they're, they're great, and I, I really hope that they flourish, and have long, long careers with the club. And with Arteta, do you know what I was? I was behind him. Even, I mean, there was a time when I, before Christmas, and I thought he can't, he, he's not going to turn this around, and then he did, and I kind of got behind him again. I, I've, personally, I think he lost his head with those Villarreal games. I mean, what that false nine thing away. um, And all of a sudden, and then even at home when, when the players that, I mean, my abiding memory of this season will be that Villarreal game at home. Just thinking, do they know we're behind (laughs) it? Because there's certain, and that is one of that, you know, I don't mind getting beat if we have a go, but that was like a team that were too scared to play. And that was was quite alarming. And admittedly, you know, there, there have been bright bright moments. I mean, I tell you what, Palace Palace away on, on Wednesday night when when Marta Lely scored. as much as I've cheered a goal. I mean, there's nothing like a last minute goal. Nearly woke the kids up. My um, yeah. wife came down. She's like, you know, the kids are in bed, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, but we, just, <laughs> we might finish above Tottenham now. So it was a bit of hope. It was there was there have been bright spots, and who who knows. I'm interested to know what you lot think about this because you know, they keep saying, well, European football, it's attractive to players. You want to be in Europe. The best players want to play Mm -hmm. in Europe. And I'm like, but is that uh, like, if you're a top player and you go and Arsenal come to you and go, look, I'll tell you what though, if you ever fancy playing in Albania, because you could (laughs) on a Thursday night this season with us, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure how many of them will go. Oh, well, I was going to go somewhere else, but now you've given me that that proposition. I'm not. I was. I'm kind of intrigued, but I realise Champions League football is a different level, maybe even Europa League uh, to an extent. But really, like, is the Conference League going to be a draw to to, no. to a professional football? I don't no. think it is. And no. actually, you know, the the idea of three o'clock kickoffs on Saturdays back. I'm not going to lie. I'm fairly excited about it. It mm. will be. It will be nice, to, and for hopefully, Arteta won't be able to complain next season that he's not getting enough time with the players. I think. Well, that's uh, a big. That uh, yeah, that will be. It will feel. It feels a bit like you. you remember, like the season, where kind of Emery. We missed out on the top four, and we absolutely blew it. And it's like, right? I mean, he's got now. He's probably got a trans. The summer transfer window. Then he's got till Christmas. And I feel like if Arsenal have a start to next season. Like they did this one, just gone. Then I, I I would be, would be very surprised if,
0: if Arteta and, um, Edu as well, weren't, weren't were bang out the door. Mm. Yeah, you have to be right. I, your your point about the Europa Conference League not being enough to attract everyone has to be correct. I think it does apply to the certainly the Champions League, and then to a lower extent. Um, I, I think this. I think the club. I mean, Boyd, you you alluded there about what the club might have planned to do had we got into seventh place. It matters to the club, doesn't it? I mean, that you know, the season ticket renewals. I got, I got my email today. I don't know if hmm. your butler personally delivered uh, your one to your house earlier, Boyd, in a golden envelope or whatever the whatever the hell On you a get. pillow. I got an email, Boy, Boyd. Boyd's got a delivery from Harrods in a hamper. Um, excuse me, as my uh, phone is pinging away. Um, so look, I think to the club though. I mean, we're talking about twenty million quid, and it's not only six games it's like 13 14 games in this competition like you know home and away and another six seven home games to sell tickets for even at a lower price it adds up so you know that has to slightly refocus I'm sure what we can do uh, in the transfer window so yeah I I I think I felt sad though because I've you know okay this season's an anomaly but I've been on like at least one European away trip every Mm. year now for like 13 14 years that is really sad not to have that next year that's what I'll miss
1: yeah, I agree with that. I, I think, I, I think it's it, funnily enough. I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to rehash the Vega thing. I just say that before what I'm about to say, in case you think I'm <laughs> dredging this up deliberately, but I'm not. But people forget that. Yes, we had 25 years in Europe and it was incredible. But actually, the last, you know huge number of those when we were actually in the champions league, even before the Europa years, we always go out, wouldn't we, you know, in, in, you know, in after the group stage and in almost the first knockout moment. So it wasn't like, you know, we'll get into the quarters and semifinals. It was a kind of, and I do think there was actually, you know, among most fans, if we're being honest, it was like, we thought it was a joke, you know, when Arsene w- Wenger started regarding coming forth as a trophy, et etc., et cetera. And, being in Europe year in year out and not even having any chance of doing well in that competition felt almost like a slightly overrated thing. Now you know I'm not, and I'm saying that that probably will come kind of spoil in a way. But that's what it was like. That's I think what it felt like. You know, after 20, 20, 20 21 years of being in Europe every single year, so now I feel like it's almost like a novelty. That we're going to have this season, as Alex said, where Arteta's not going to have the excuse, and he had, you know, he's going to have a week to prepare every single fucking game. And I, I'm, g- I like watching Arsenal twice a week. You know, I like, you know, it's great f- for a fan. I love it. Mm. So I'm going to miss the mere fact that we have to wait a fucking week for, you know, for our three o'clock game or something. But there are pros and cons. But but I agree with Alex that it give it doesn't give Arteta many places to hide. And I do think we've got a strong enough squad, or uh, you know. And, and at best, you know, we've got those young players and we don't forget, we've got fucking Aubameyang, you know, we've got, you know, we've got deep, we actually got the third best defense, you know, really, he's got to improve, hasn't he? I don't see any excuse, really. So I think from that point of view, it's made it interesting um, that, that, yeah. we, that we're not in Europe.
2: It's an interesting media narrative around top four, because when we used to get it, it was seen as a failure. But all of a sudden now it's yeah. an amazing thing again. Right. Um, and right. it's interesting the way that narrative is pushed. It's like Liverpool went from champions to almost getting top four in the last week. And like I, I remember us doing it um, when, you know, kind of we went from champions and then we were second and then the o five o six 05-06 season at Highbury was a battle for top four that came down. It was it was almost like seen as it was seen as failure every time we did it. And God, winning the FA Cup, it was like that was seen as failure. I didn't see that being trotted out when, when Leicester won it the other week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. What an amazing thing for the club. And they bottled top four massively. I mean, they bottled it two yeah. seasons in a row now. And it's like, I don't know, sometimes it's interested the way the, these narratives are pushed, and I wonder sometimes well whether we got kind of swept away with it as, as fans a little bit as well that it, it was seen as failure because we weren't competing yeah. because we aren't far away from it now well, I mean I don't actually do you know what top four maybe I think we, we I'd, I'd be hopeful that we could have a good go at it that's the thing we need yeah. to be I think we need to have a good go at it be there yeah, or thereabouts
0: competing we need to be competing you know, realistically yeah and yeah I think you're right, by the way. On you know Brendan Rodgers, he you know he, yes, they won the FA Cup in a one-off, and so did we last year, and that bought Arteta a huge amount of time. But Leicester, I mean, four points from the final five games when they were absolutely in their in their hands, um, it, you know, he should probably be coming in for more criticism than than I think he did to have sort of blown it and then to just have it entirely in your own hands effectively in the final day because of what was going on elsewhere. I mean, that is a, that was a massive choke. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wenger was probably not quite the first, but he, he was the one that always advocated about, you You know, you will only appreciate what I've been able to do in the top four qualification um, in hindsight. And and he was right. And now, I mean, yes, of course, when you wa- I was watching Sky Sports on the final day, you were, um, of course, at the stadium, but you know, from their side, thank God they had a race for the top four because were all else to be excited about. You know, relegation was so done. So this, you know, it, it did feel like almost the, another trophy, didn't it? Although
2: it weird, weirdly enough, certainly towards the, the latter Wenger years, always felt like we were, we had money to spend and we were we were kind of finishing top four we, we had money and it's like we need to spend more money now. Yeah. It's, we're in such a bad financial state. Just before I come on the podcast, I was reading the set of tweets, I don't know if you've seen them from Darren Arsenal. Yeah. About, like these loans, the loans that we've taken yeah. out. Jesus yeah. Christ, the club so badly run. It's Mm. so bad. It's been so badly run, and that to me is—I find that bit quite bleak. As much as a performance on the pitch, that—that worries me because I don't know how how do you get out of that. You need Mm. either we work work a miracle on the pitch. I, I I'm not sure really. I'm not sure how, how we get out of it because we're we're in a bad state. It's not like we unless the Cronkies do finally put a load of money in this summer, are they going to? Probably not, looking at the amount of loans that are being taken out. So it's it's a it's a it's a weird one uh for us for next season because you, you want to be optimistic. And you know, I do think if we could get top four next season, I think that would be massive for us. I really do. Just for that financial boost, I think it would be huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, I saw the Darren Arthur. Yeah, so basically, f- f- from what we can understand, they're, they're taking out loans to pay off loans to pay off loans to pay off loans. Like it's a it's a fairly ridiculous situation. Yeah, it's, it's like, like inception. Yeah, you know, I mean, why? It's quite, just... quite why? Yeah, it's, it's the inception of loans <laughs> taking out. Quite why our multi-billionaire owner, the Cronk Stan Cronkies, one of the fucking richest men in America. You know, and quite why. He can't spare 150 million, which I think is what it is, or something, paying off a fucking loan is beyond me. I, and that's the point where I think, because I think I've said this before, what what are they in it for? And it's like they're not because in the American teams they've got because they've got these franchises in America. They do make money off those, as far as I understand it. You know, it's much easier to make money. This is why they wanted to bring the European Super League in because it was going to be easier to make money off of that without without you know having to yeah. qualify for the fucking thing. But. Why are they, why, what do they get out being Arsenal now? We have no money. They have to take out loans to pay off loans to pay off loans. Well, there's no prospect of winning much, you know, I mean, you know, apart from the odd cup, maybe. And so if they're not going to invest in it and try at least to go for top four, and they're having to pay or take out loans to pay off loans, I don't get what's
0: in it. It must be just well, the stress. stress. I just feel like if I was Josh Cronky, I'd be like, I don't need all this stress, fucking sell it. But the club is worth, you know, is increasing in value by, you know, by existing at the moment, isn't it? You know, in certainly for. when Is it increasing
1: they, in value?
0: Yeah, you'd probably oh, say so. It? I mean, uh, going in... Well, I mean, maybe plateauing okay. slightly now in this yeah. COVID space. But, I mean, it's like a, you, you probably take a view on on, the, on a house you buy, right? You, you know, on the fifth year, it might not go up to the seventh year. But if you take a long-term view and you're here for the long run, 20-, 30-year ownership... Yeah. It's going in one direction. And even, even the up.
2: flats on Queensland Road and Highbury are now worth fuck all as well <laughs> because of the <they're laughs> cladding. So even that's gone downhill. So, they, yeah. They, yeah, exactly. Like, and also, Jesus. they never they never sell
1: any of these houses. They never sell any of their franchises. So, what's again, what's the point? They make money out of the one, you know, I can understand if they're making money. But what, you know, if their plan was to... To build up a profit, build up the value of us. So they've probably done it since they bought it. Then why again? Why not fucking sell it then? So the, I, I don't, I don't understand this kind of sense of status
0: the, they're in at the moment. What they're getting out of it? No, you don't want to like, you know wonder or, or talk about you know someone's age or uh, you know in, in a disparaging way but you know Stan is you're talking about me it, no <laughs> not on this occasion Stan Cronkay is, is no, 73 73, 73 and you know maybe there comes a time where the next generation of Cronkey and Josh uh, choose to choose to do differently but it's obviously oh, I really uh, didn't um, know
2: where you different. were going with that yeah then. I didn't either
0: <laughs> I thought yeah. you were going to go to a very dark place yeah yeah I was <laughs> impressed <laughs> It was like seventy-three. How long is <laughs> he going to be around drop. realistically? Yeah, right. No, maybe not. He sell looks it. healthy. If I'm like that at seventy-three, <laughs> but then he's got a lot of money, so it probably makes life easier. So he's <laughs> less stressful. Yeah, um, I imagine it was, it was was got. I, he's got even you more what, butlers than Boyd. But <laughs> <laughs> we've we've
2: ten thousand fans back in the ground. It was it was great great parenthood from him to go. Yeah, the fans are back in. I won't go, but son, you can go. Now yeah. you? you can go and yeah, take yeah. the shit yeah. off. Them. We'll yeah. send you. We'll send you in. Yeah, it
1: is exactly like Succession, isn't it? I mean that that is the point. It's, yeah, it really is. It's brilliant. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk more about. I want to oh, get. Uh, will we'll, I want to get a final verdict on Arteta's performance. We've kind of we've been a, talking around it a bit. But I want to get a final verdict on that and our play of the season, etc. Uh, after this quick break.
2: Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF.
1: And we're back from the break. Um, So just on Arteta then, like for me... I don't know about you Alex but for me he made two I'm going to say two massive errors so, so I'm going to rev- I'm going to as you said the Villarreal game as a tie those games he absolutely blew it didn't he he overthought it as you said the false nine then in the second game I thought it was really interesting I don't know if in the cl- in the program for the final game of the season Tierney was interviewed and he was talking about how he had to come on at the last minute when Xhaka was injured in the warm-up. And he talked about, in this interview, I thought it was quite a little bit of a revelation. He said, um, oh yeah, I suddenly had to come on. I wasn't expecting it. It was a real shock. But obviously I'm used to playing that. It's fine. But... The, the plan from the start was for the, that person in that position on the left to not, not go up the pitch very much at all. And I'm thinking, hold on, we need to score a goal. And he's, he's setting out the team to barely even attack from the start, or at least in that position. So consequently, he felt he couldn't attack because Jaka wasn't going to when he was going to play in that position. And I thought that was quite a, a disturbing revelation and an insight into his absolutely disastrous tactics in both of those games. So that's one huge mistake for me, that tie. And then the other huge mistake was playing William, buying and playing William. Remember the first few months of the season when William. Play-
0: are you talking about our top assists in the Premier League? The, that gentleman. Oh, William.
1: Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that shit. Um, uh, yeah, playing William, who, who, who was a. Detraction from the team week in, week out, and anyone could see it. All of us could see it, except apparently Arteta, who kept defending him. And then, of course, when Emil the throat broke in, when he got injured, Emils- then we then, I mean, instantly get, came were better. But I think that whole buying and playing William for that whole first chunk of the season was a disaster. So, those two, for me, those two gargantuan errors. And I think the William thing, sticking by William, I don't care how many assists he got, he was awful.
2: Again costs us those six points. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sticking by William was bad. I, I, I do I was kind of saying the other day, like last summer when we got him, I did think, oh, you know, it's another kind of aging Chelsea player who's who's kind of come over. But I did think to myself, well, maybe it'll maybe like he, he wasn't that bad. He has he, you know, he he certainly wasn't as bad as what he's been for us. But then obviously you you look at you take into account the fact that I mean, it's just at times he was just it's just not happened, and I think that will go down as for a club that doesn't have a lot of money. I mean, if they're, they're talking about the fact that maybe into Miami won him or something, if we can get rid of him after a no, year yeah. of that contract we gave him, then we have yeah. had an absolute touch if somebody will take him yeah. because otherwise he's, it's just he's just going to be around and yeah. But I I agree. I think that I think that sticking by William was 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 pretty bad. I mean, it's quite interesting the fact that. I mean, it's good that Pepe hit, has hit a bit of form. Mm. Um, but again, he, he's kind of on the whole, if you take the season as a whole, being fairly um, infuriating. If I see him get the ball one more time and dance around it, and it's like it's almost like he's trying to do some – it's like he's trying to move it with his mind because his body ain't going near it. It's like he, he gets it, and he kind of jinx <laughs> around. And then – Nothing happens, and it's like I, I've never seen anybody play football like that. Fear used to leave the ball behind and carry on <laughs> running. Then about ten yards later, I go oh, shit, I ain't got the ball. Whereas like Pepe does that, but sometimes does this dance around it, and even like on. On Wednesday against Palace, he I was infuriated by him. He scored two goals. And I tell you what, he took both his goals well uh on Sunday as well. Really good goals. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But there is it kind of again with, with Pepe, you hope that you know he'll hit hit the ground running next yeah. season. But uh, but Williams being terrible. I worry sometimes with I'm I'm I don't know where like the blame lies solely with Arteta. I, I worry about I don't know Ed, Edu as well, so like he didn't have loads of experience as a he was at the Brazilian national team. And I realise he's got experience within football, but it's not like you experience club operators that we've had. Um, yeah. And it's, it's it's again it's another. It, it, I'm not. I think when I Art, if Arteta would go, I would assume that Edu would go very quickly with him. And it's interesting the fact that you know the chief executive the. Whatever Eddie's job is, technical director, whatever he is, and Arteta, all don't have loads of experience within yeah. those roles within football. And the three people that are in charge of us, I was reading about that on like the Athletic the other day. And it's quite a good point that that kind of concerns me a little. I'd like to think that Arteta might have. I don't know. I'd like to think maybe he's learned a bit from this season. Um, hopefully you'd hope, yeah. Hopefully he he has, and like the players will have learned. As I said, the the Villarreal game, the, it was just there were many games this season. I remember Southampton at home when we went one nil down. I genuinely, I I think I said on here, I I could, at that moment, I was like, I don't see how he can turn this. I don't see how he's going to get anything. They've stopped. The players Mm. have stopped here. They just, they're gone mentally. They're gone. And it was like, what was it in October or November? (laughs) The season was only a couple of months old. And in fairness to him, there was that kind of period where we did turn it around. You know, we, Beating Chelsea at home was, was was a good result, and you know there were, there were some better performances in the bigger games. Um, but on the whole, it's just I, I think I'd love to see us play at the start of next season. Really play with a, not like freedom, but just a bit more entertaining because the fo- some of the football's been crap, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah. You want it, yeah. you want it to be, you want it to be fairly entertaining. And I think that Arteta. Got like the players. I think he was f- he was afraid to lose, and I think the players certainly were. And that's that's a real that to me is a real big problem.
0: Yeah, basically. I mean, you mentioned that Southampton game. It was December actually. Was that Southampton game. It was that was the ninth um, game in a ten run series in the Premier League where we only won one game, which was bizarrely away at Old Trafford. Somewhere we've been terrible for for so long, and I, I remember that moment as well. Not only because it was Boyd's. Favorite ex Arsenal player Theo Walcott, who, who scored the goal, but it was at that point we just thought we're a goal down and we're we're done for here. Like there, there was just n- nothing um, to, to write home about, and it had come after that bizarre um, home defeat to uh, to Burnley, where Aubameyang had, had scored that own goal, and then that, that it was followed up by a defeat at uh, Goodison Park. And just to think that we've we ended up, you know, winning. Our last five games, which is our best run of form in the Premier League for for a couple of years, I think fifteen points out of fifteen at the end was still not enough to get into Europe. It, you know, is a, is a shambles of how is how you said it, how crap we were, sort of back in that October, um, November period. But I guess Arteta can go. Well, we came eighth last year. We're eighth again, and you know this, you know this reason and that reason. Um, he's got more points, has not he? We've got more got points, more points this year and I. we've you know, if we can continue the latter end of this season into next, then we're you know, we're, we're set to to do to do well. But uh, it'll be fascinating what kind of turnover there is there is going to be in this squad because you you still sense that there's players who he doesn't really fancy who are around, and there's a you know a couple you know you know it's certainly you know Saliba presumably coming back. It'll be you know. I think it's interesting
2: like, in terms of players that it, it's almost like. We've, we, we ended up with a squad where it was just players we just couldn't get rid of. No one wanted them. How many times can you say that about Arsenal, that there was just so many that people just didn't want, you know, Ozil, Kolasinac, Mustafi, just basically trying to give these players away. I mean, Kolasinac is coming back. I assume that he's like, that we'll try and flog yeah. him again, will we? And it's the same with, what you know, Gwendouzi, we're going to try and flog him, Torreira, so, you know he won the Liga this season, but I don't think he played loads, did he? There was a big thing about the fact he wasn't—he wasn't really playing.
0: Yeah, so I mean, are we Nelson, and, He's twenty-one yeah. now.
2: I mean, reason, and it's like same with Nketiah. I look at Nketiah and I just go, "Really, is it that is that gonna? Hmm. He's not going to flourish, is he? Um, and again, there's there's so many different variables to come into play. Who we can get rid of? I mean, is Abamian going to turn up? next season, because apart from the moment until he got his contract, he didn't really this time. And that's a long time for a player of his quality to be crapped for, by the way. You know, it was literally, yeah. I mean, that- you can pretty much say that from, he was in, compared to the run of form that he was in when we won the FA Cup, that, I mean, he was lethal and he was the only good thing pretty much in in that kind of run at the end of the previous season. And to see him on Sunday again, you know, even when he went clean through, I remember mean, he tried to check back onto, onto his onto his right foot and kind of the the, the move break down broke down, but it was like he doesn't look to have a, a lot of confidence, and I think maybe he needs a summer off. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll come back in I mean, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Lacazette. Is Lacazette yeah. going to because he's in the last year of his contract? Are they really going to give him uh, another one? I wonder. I, I don't know. I, I, same with Willock as well. Like Willock's been in mm. great form at Newcastle, absolutely banging them in. And one of our problems is we haven't had a lot of goals from midfield. So it's like, are we, are we going to get yeah. rid of Willock as well? Or is this now the yeah. time to sell him? Because I don't think we'll, there's a chance he could come back, kind of not really play a lot. And we won't get that money for him again, as I think we might be able to get for him at the moment. So it's a lot, it's a big, it's another big summit. It feels like all of these, but well, every summer it feels like it's getting bigger, doesn't it? In terms of the mm. re the things that need to be done, the, the 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 rebuild and all the different variables that that are going to come into play. We definitely need a backup but, left yeah. back as well.
1: We definitely need a backup left back. I think it's interesting because I, I read all, I see a lot of articles and I listen to and you know some podcasts where people are saying, yeah, there is going to be a mass clear out and has to be a massive rebuild. But I don't think we can do that. I just don't think I don't see how because what people you are saying what people are saying is like. Lacazette's a good example. I think, I would be surprised if Lacazette's still there beginning of next season because uh, not only has his stats this year been pretty good, you know, but I think, I think um, Arteta really likes him. I think he really likes having that option, you know, having an option of another play kind of on his own instead of Aubameyang. I, he's, I that he can't play Aubameyang out wide and, you know, and play them together and all of that. I think he's finally he seems to have worked out that a formation, the formation of Aubameyang all and the creative players behind, but i just don 't think i don 't see how we, i don 't see how we get rid of all the dead woods there 's loads of dead wood even more than there was last time, and replace them with better players because that 's going to cost money you know so i I just think realistically i 'm sure we 'll try our best to get rid of you know seven or eight <laughs> nine players or whatever who feel not not good enough for us, but i don 't see that happening. I think well, there 'll be a lot more players still with us next year. Perhaps than people think, but my question about Arteta, because you, your point about him learning lessons, I think is so important. Because I, my, my niggly feeling, my niggling suspicion is just from the way he talks in post-match interviews and kind of the way he's talked throughout the season. In a way, is that I don't, I'm not convinced entirely that he does learn lessons from his mistakes. I'm not kind of he's not necessarily sure he's the kind of manager who admits when he's made made those mistakes. So that's my worry: is that. You know, like look at the, the team selections. I read the stat, the stat. The ways we only we only were unchanged once in the year, in the season. He only played the same team twice in a row, once, and he would change the team every single other time. I mean, talk about not knowing your best team. Yeah, you know, to he's he's, me, it's he, like the epitome of that. He's a and stubborn little bugger. And I think that's all bugger, part
0: of him.
2: He? He's a stubborn. You know what I've been whinging on about? He's a stubborn little bugger. Is exactly what I mean. Yeah, yeah and it's interesting. Even with the centre halves, it's like I, I didn't, I've never really known what Arteta, what, what's no. his ideal first choice pairing. Because obviously, Gabriel he and Holding have played a, a, a few. Now, Holding's been fairly kind of present throughout, but there was a period when he didn't play. It was a really weird period. It was like, why yeah. is Holding not playing? I thought he was doing all right. And um, yeah. it's interesting. You know, Gabriel's kind of had a bit of an up and up and down season, even right back. I couldn't, is Bellerin still going to be there? Cause he don't seem to fancy him. Um, so is it chambers? Is that going to be, is he going to be our new first choice right back? And that's how, that's what arteta's is going to settle for. Or or is he going to do something else? And it's like with Cedric as well. I actually didn't think that when Cedric played right back, I actually didn't think he was that bad. I think yeah. he, he, he yeah. wasn't terrible. And he kind of, he's now what is, is he the third choice right back? It's, I don't really know if I'm honest. Mm. And no. it's it's no one knows. and with the central midfield as well. I mean, there's I read the thing that like Jacker might want out and and stuff like that, which is you know kind of I know he's divisive among amongst the fans. But it's like, well, okay, so we do get rid of him. Who are we getting into? We could have someone in there to replace him. He's still a good option in in in, in central midfield yeah. at times. I don't think he's the answer necessarily. But it, he's certainly a good option. and it's Again, there's just so many variables. You hope that Partey won't be injured as much. Um, you'd also like to think that he'd have got used to the league a little bit more. I thought he was good on Sunday against Brighton, if I'm honest. I actually think... You know, if he can just cut out committing stupid fouls near the edge of our box, I think that would be ideal. He actually even nearly scored. Yeah, he's on, yeah right. On, I couldn't believe... That was one of the Couple most of astonishing a- things I've ever seen. It's like, oh, he just needs people behind him as like a sighter for the goal. That's what oh, he yeah. needs, is people yeah, behind yeah. it so he can like aim yeah. toward aim towards the people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, he yeah, yeah. It was funny hearing everyone shout,
2: shoot. Yeah, he, he, even with him... And he nearly scored such a great goal. I really, I was desperate. I was willing that yeah. ball to go in because it would have been such a great goal and it would have been great for him. But again, you know, Partey got absolutely screwed over in that home leg against Miller. Oh, he was playing 100%. central midfield basically on his own. On his own, yeah. And, it was, own, yeah. and it was mayhem. But I'd like, you know, again, it's, you could literally go through the team and you can't really be sure pretty much because it's like mm. even with Odegaard, are we going to get him back? It kind of... What well, do oh, I
1: I was going to ask you about the guy what do you think I mean I'm I'm in favor I think I think I think before he he got a little injury didn't he that he, he had a massive run as soon as we got him on loan he was in the team pretty much week in week out sometimes twice a week and I thought he was great and I thought he's passing he's kind of a bit like Ozil, but faster um and you know i think he really added to the to the way we played he just made us more attractive to to watch for a start then he got injured and he was out for a couple of weeks and i think then he was rusty when he came back but i thought the last couple of games he was great again brilliant pass a couple of brilliant passes against brighton um i think i mean i i I think he's a ready-made creative midfield player there aren't that many of those around they are they're fucking expensive like Bruno, yeah. a Man... We're not going to be able to sign a Bruno, you know, at Man, at Man United. That's going to cost 60, 70 million. So I think we should try and keep him, shouldn't we? If he would stay, if, if Real Madrid... I think, yes. Won't. I mean,
2: it depends what they're going to ask for, money-wise yeah. for him. and whether, 40 million, whether we can pay it. Was that? What did you say? 30? 40 million, 40 maybe? million? Would I mean, you pay... Would you... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Bit, but I always judge everything by how much we paid for Pepe, so that's like... <laughs> right. Like, you know... <laughs> But yeah. it's, I suppose $40 million, it, it depends on where else they've got, you know, how that affects the rest of the transfers, really. Because, you know, I, yeah, yeah. as I said, the one good thing is, you know, I think Smith-Rowe's really, really come on a bit. Um, and oh. his final product's starting nice. to get there a bit more now. And I, I really like, I think he's such a good player. I love the way he plays. Um, and, yeah, again, it's like with, with Odegaard, what, what are we going to do with, with Smith-Rowe? Are we going to move him out to the left or, you know, You've got Pepe and Saka as well, so it'll be it'll be really interesting to to see to see what he does. I, I I think you're right with Lacazette though, because Lacazette he can link up the play, whereas I don't really feel like Aubameyang does that. To be honest with you, he doesn't really. No. He doesn't, no. I can't really tell you after watching. I don't really know what he did. I know this is mad <laughs> because he's always been a great goal scorer. He's been a yeah. fine player for the club, but like I can't really tell you what he does. He's not it was. He wasn't really running in behind. Um, it's just in, does, again.
0: It, I it, know what you mean. It yeah. was
2: like the other day. It, you know, Palace. I know we we got that victory at the end and it was great. And Odegaard's ball for Martellelli was brilliant and stuff like that. But we stopped playing. We just stopped, and I couldn't really tell you why. It was almost like we just suddenly stopped. We got nervous. We stopped playing Brighton again. The the first half we were okay. Like hit the bar, but we weren't really going at them. So, again, it was like, you find yourself sat there at half-time just going, they do know that if we win, there's a chance we could, f- like, finish in seventh 4 like, I could finish above Spurs. Does someone need to tell them that? And admittedly, second half, they came out a lot better. But I think there's a lot of nerves within the team. I think there really oh, yeah, is. Huge, and huge. Yeah.
0: I think, hopefully, the, if there is some fresh blood that comes into the team, that will freshen it up. Well, what was your moment of the season, then, looking back? Boyd or, or Alex? What was the what do you think was the best moment Oof. it's not easy to think about it i'll give you mine just to start with mine yeah. was the final whistle on the opening day what a glorious moment that was <laughs> 3-0 at fulham we've signed this yeah. brilliant willian he's going to be he's going to be incredible um Aubameyang looked looks sharp and we are set for a brilliant season that that and we were top because we were the first team to play of course so that was uh, for me the moment of the season
1: I'm, gonna say, I'm 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 going to say the goal that Lacazette scored the team that team goal um where uh against um Sheffield United Sheff- yeah and Jumbo yep. and it was like uh to Lacazette to Saka to Ceballos back to Lacazette and and that was a beautiful old school everyone was like oh, this is like you know old school Arsenal. And it showed that there were a few, I think there were about, I think there were almost a handful of really lovely team goals this season. You know, a few of them very early on. But I think, you know, it was almost like, um, you know, uh, the idea that we have to score the perfect goal is often a cliche about Arsenal. But I think that is, it's almost increasingly so. And that and that could be another criticism of the, of the coach, the manager, that he so meticulously kind of trains them Coming up with these very, you know, meticulous moves that the amount of times that can work is, is, is logically limited. Whereas that goal was like seemingly that's what he what, how he wants us to play in an ideal world, and it and it and it so happened to have worked at that moment. So I thought that was a lovely moment.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think maybe do you know what I know it's a it's a bit of a random one, but Slavia Prague away when it was like you thought because we'd drawn at home, didn't we, and we'd been a bit crap. And then obviously we had a goal ruled out for VAR, but then we just went and blew them away. And it's like we yeah. made them look crap. Yeah. We were so yeah. good that that kind of that period of about 20 minutes when it was like we were blowing, we were just all over them. Uh, Saka's goal in, in that I, I loved. Um, and it was like, ah, there we go. That's it. You can play, you knock it about, and like they were, they were just playing with such freedom. Um, and I, for me, that was a, that was a highlight. And I realised that Slavia Prague weren't amazing opposition, but it was like, yeah, we should be doing these like this. And it almost made you feel stupid for thinking we're probably going to go out if we've drawn the, the home game. Then we're probably going to go out here. And actually, it was it was brilliant. It was that that kind of twenty minutes spell was brilliant. And it was like I could sit back and go. Oh bloody hell! We're through here. This is great. I didn't expect this to be the case tonight. I thought I was just going to get yeah. the ump, and that was that was a a good moment. I mean, completely undone by both legs. The I can't say how <laughs> yeah. much uh, they undone it with those oh, two legs.
1: You're right. You're right. That was a beautiful little twenty minute, wasn't it? Cameo of like ideally yeah. what how we can play. We've got the players to play that that well, and and I agree with you. Even though I don't care how shit they were, we were playing knitting together brilliant attacks, weren't we? In that in that period, yeah. And, and what, it seemed to got- be. It's a goal. There's,
2: there's so many exciting, There can be so exciting. Like I love Tierney bombing forward, Smith-Rowe, yeah. uh, Saka going forward. Now, even Pepe, as much as I was kind of mm-hmm. taking the, the piss out of him, he scored some really good goals. His second goal yeah, um, uh, on, on Sunday where Xhaka's won the ball back really well. There was a bit of intensity, takes, a, takes men on, and it's such a great finish. Even I loved his first one as well. Like, manages yeah. to control quite a difficult pass and smashes it in with his right. And it's like, there we go. But do you not feel like sometimes with us? It's like, yeah, but that's like final day of the season, isn't it? And it was like, you know, Williams scoring a bloody free kick the other week. It was like, I'll oh, piss off William. Oh, yeah, Don't completely. That was was like, exactly. Oh, go away. Exactly. I'm not having this. Yeah. Don't stop worst of that all- now.
1: Yeah, completely. But worst of all is that the manager seems to forget sometimes that when we play our best football he completely changes it the next game and doesn't just you know fucking why not just stick with that thing that worked really well in that 20 minute period as you said in the Europa because it was like he completely forgotten it by the time the Villarreal tie came around it was infuriating so yeah those those moments are brilliant and
2: there were some good moments obviously you know, we did beat Tottenham at home United away yeah. and you know, yeah. like, the, Chelsea at home Chelsea and, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea yeah, both yes, West, Chelsea West we
0: were you know we were down and out of it and you know came back in didn't we from what was it three three nil after barely half an hour so yeah there were moments but um yeah, I don't. I do. They, they must still produce a like end of season DVD, but it, I don't think it would be one you'd be sort of rushing. to do get. they surely? They don't, I don't know produce they, they an end of season DVD. Yeah.
2: No must. way. I don't know. Or if a
0: download. Do. I mean, sorry to be like DVD, but there they must be.
2: It's like no, nah, like even when not, they put not, the highlights of some games not like on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, not like that, what
0: like. are you trying to show us, Boyd? Oh, Arsenal Video Club ninety one ninety two. Oh, yeah. that, that's yeah, a niche go. season. Was, I mean, if you are going to go that far, that was, back, go go to at least when we won the title. Just go, yeah, go yeah. to ninety. Uh, Arsenal yeah. Wenger's magic hat. That was a great yeah. end of season DVD. <laughs> great DVD. Yeah. What
2: yeah. a great. I've got, DVD. got a whole box full of VHS cassettes of Arsenal season DVDs. True, there's a uh, true yeah. story about Arsenal Wenger's magic hat. This is dead true. When I was at university oh. in Liverpool, I came out of a out uh, of the student bar, and there was a girl who was singing Arsenal songs. And I said to her, do you want to come back to mine and watch Arsene Fingers' Magic Cat? <laughs> <laughs> and she genuinely was like, yeah, all right then. And then my mates are like, is this like a euphemism? And like the next day, she like went after like a couple of hours. You watched the DVD and she pissed off. Like nothing happened. <laughs> but my mates were baffled at the fact that I genuinely said that to someone and it happened and they were like, oh, so how'd it go then? And no, I went, yeah, we so just good. watched it. And then she went. It was, it was nice. It was really nice. That's I had some brilliant. company watching Arsenal DVDs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she asked why it was named after his magic
2: hat. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, so she was just yeah, just a fellow, fellow Arsenal fan. So.
0: Uh, I might be wrong, I guess, uh, by the look of it, on a quick Amazon search of even last year. I'm struggling to find a DVD from last year. So... Um, maybe I'm uh, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. In my search, I managed to find a 2019 Europa League final Chelsea 4 Arsenal 1 DVD, which I'll add to my basket now. Do
2: you know what? I was talking about that final on um the, the Red Nat show the other day, and I completely forgot until afterwards. I was saying, Oh, yeah, I went to back when we got beat 4 0. Completely forgot that we scored. <laughs> completely, yeah, yeah, we forgotten. started all right in that game, died all right yeah. in
1: that game. Remember, people forget, yeah, until yeah, fucking Ham took
2: over yeah. and destroyed us. Um, I completely you know. forgot that we'd scored. I only remembered after. Yeah, so, oh yeah, yeah, we did score, didn't we? So I'll get Arsenal yeah. fans on when they, when it goes out on Fez, they Go, no, oh, actually scored in that game. So it didn't really matter. I did it.
1: So you're, we yeah. should say you're on this week. I love I love that show with the Red Naps and Big Tom Davis. Yeah, it was, that show it, was, it was
2: great fun. It was, it was a was really good fun record um, with with Mel B was on there Jesse Lingard as well. There was a moment midway through the record because I got the bar in there, and Jesse Lingard was like, "Do you want a shot, mate?" And I was like, wow. sorry, what? And he was like, wow. Do have a shot of tequila.
0: Amazing. So I a shot of
2: tequila. And I had to say to him when he come on, I was like, look, I think he was actually all right. But I said to him, the abuse I've given you when you've been dancing like an <laughs> asshole at the Emirates, it, I can't help. I've got to tell you, I've, I, I felt guilty almost because he, was, he wasn't he was actually that bad a lad. But I did say to him, just stop doing it when you score a game. Stop dancing like a knob every time you score a game. Just don't rub it in. Yeah, good point. Get, Get it done. <laughs> what did he say? It was. I think so. he was just like, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he was just like, come
0: on, mate. That's uh, brilliant. Well, go, he's forced his way into that thirty-three man squad of which we've only got Saka to be excited about, possibly for the summer. Oh, no, he's not going to point. make do it, is he? Do you
2: think? I'm worried. I worry for. I worry for, for Saka. Yeah. Uh, in that same. in that because i i i mean i i love him i I'd, I'd take him if it was yeah, me but team. i i do i worried that when it, even with a 26 man squad that when it gets whittled down he might be one of the names you look at that forward line that they've got they've got yeah. quite a few different ones um but it's like every, you know like i've i've seen Saka more than like Jadon Sancho but i assume that he's obviously had a good season in Bundesliga yeah. and like Bellingham apparently he's been decent but Incredible, i don't really yeah. know i, only, I yeah. can only judge on what I've seen on second, I think he gives him so many different options. But, yeah, you'd think, yeah. you'd hope, wouldn't you? But
1: I think you're right because there's so many forwards. Um, I mean, you know, in that, in that, um, in, in the in the in the squad that he's picked so far, I worry. For, I mean, I think he'll be fine because I mean, in a way, you know, if we were mature people who who got, you know, because he has played so much. I mean, let's face it, he's played week in week out, quite a lot. Of, Twice a week, quite a lot. I mean, you know, there are people who think that we've we've overplayed him already. i I'm not one of those people. But then to to have a, a little break and then to have to I mean, he wouldn't be playing much, would he? I guess in the Euros. But I'd do still like to see him go. From, from the romantic point of view, I'd love to see him yeah. go.
0: Do you remember which Arsenal player was the sole representative in the last England squad at the World Cup in 2018? Do you remember who who went from the Arsenal squad? Wow. Uh That would be a no, presumably, from the... No, uh, it was, oh, was it yeah, women? It, was no. a, uh, it wasn't... It
2: weren't Chambers,
1: was it? No, he
0: wouldn't. No, no. No. no, I can't remember.
1: Who was it? It was uh, Daniel Welbeck was, uh, was ah, our representative. Daniel Where Welbeck was,
0: uh, was favoured by West. many an England manager, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So we, we may or may not have one, one England player to cheer on. So to was forward to... Who, so let, Boyd... got Yes. Well, no, I was—I was going to say, apart—apart, apart, what are you looking forward to at the summer apart from your three thousand pound club level ticket down from three and a half thousand? That's a—what are you going to do with the extra five hundred quid now that we're not in the Europa League even? Oh, that's a good question. A holiday um, with that? We go on a little holiday to Portugal, the only place
1: we can go in the green list. Yeah. Um <laughs> hang out with all the stars. Where all the stars go, like the like Dan Win Holly Willoughby, Pips Gofield, they'll all be there. I think the, the red naps go play golf, don't they? In Portugal, Portugal is the star-studded holiday location. Let me tell you this. Yeah. If you want to
2: meet a celebrity, I'm sure Alex knows. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be on his way. They were to, the yeah, ball. they were all talk about it the other day, like Quinta de Logo and places like that, yeah. isn't it? Where yeah. they all go out playing golf. They've all got villas there and stuff, yeah. It's yeah. incredible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I might try and do that. Um, well, I was gonna. We have to pick our play of the season. Let before. Yeah, know. let's do that before we go. Let's, let's do. Well, that. I'm not.
0: I'm sure we'll all say the same ones. I don't know. How well, no. This I'm will gonna be.
1: say. I'm gonna say someone because. I, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna be bold. And even Steve though, Bold, he's
0: he's just been gone. Steve Bold's gone for him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or Steve Bold's gone? <laughs> I'm gonna say Emil Smith Rowe because. I think he was the game changer. I really do. So I know Saka was, is is obviously Saka is the obvious choice, right? Yeah. Maybe Tierney yeah. as a backup, but Tierney's had a bit bit few, too many injuries. But for me, Emil Smith Rowe was the game changer. Absolutely, His, he, he transformed this team when he arrived finally, and he, and it was like he'd run out of options, you know, Arteta, uh, William was injured, and when he finally arrived, he he absolutely changed things around. I I dread to think. What would have happened if he had not picked him and he had not arrived in this team on genuinely? Because we were absolutely dog shit and we were we, it was unbearable to watch us in that period when before he arrived.
2: So yeah, I just, he's been transformational. So and that, fair that's a to, to him. You're right, yeah. and fair play to him because you know you talk about people taking their chance when it comes their way. You know, yeah. bearing in mind that he'd been on loan at Huddersfield the season before and he'd done all right. He kind of comes back, he had a few injuries, didn't he? He wasn't really playing loads and he came in and he just went, right, this yeah. is my, this is my chance. I'm going to, I'm going to take it. So I, I would, uh, Smith Rowe would have been a close, uh, would have been s- second for me, but yeah, I would have, I would have said uh, Saka just because he, he was the only one who so many times just was trying to make something happen. Yeah. I mean, that's a almost like a minimum requirement, isn't it? Is trying yeah. to do something. And it felt like there were so many times when he, when he was the only one who was kind of like, like that for us. Um, yeah, I'd still like him to improve his finishing. I think him and Partey should yeah, be on shooting yeah. practice all <laughs> yeah, summer. Um, but yeah, I, I, he was he was brilliant. And as I said, I, I love Tierney as well. He's he's unlucky with injuries a bit. Um, also, by the way, the last one he got when he came back from from the longer injury he had he came back and he, Tierney came on against Man City or he started against Man City at home when we got like beat. And then he went on to play the next, it was something like six consecutive games. All of them were like 90 minutes. And he went and pl- I remember when he got injured just after international duty. Yeah. yeah, And he played 90 minutes or 90 and 85 minutes for Scotland. I remember thinking at the time I looked and I was like, hang on a minute. He's gone from not playing to playing every single game, basically the full game. And I was, a, 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 I was like, I knew he was going to get injured. It was it was madness, yeah, and, but obviously because yeah. we didn't have a backup, backup left back. I'd like to think we'd we'd get one next season, and it might ease the burden on him a little bit for some of the games. But I, I do, I think he's brilliant. I think he's top drawer.
1: Yeah, yeah. such uh, a lovely guy. I love I love his post match interviews. Yeah, it seems like such a uh, yeah. He's brilliant.
0: Look, I, it has to be his sack. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? No, Nineteen years of age. Oh. And, you uh, know, outfield player at Arsenal played more Premier League games than he did. Like he, he played in 32, uh, I think, of the of 38 games. So it's just so much pressure on him, really, that we've sort of relied on, relied on him. Um, and he's, and he's delivered. And that is, you know, when it, it does feel like, thank God there is Saka to be excited about in and Smith-Rowe. And to, thank, thankfully there are a couple of them that the fans are like absolutely united on because without having a couple of sort of homegrown talents who of course almost always will get more goodwill than assigning into the club, it kind of feels like there wouldn't be even that element of positivity around, you know, the playing squad. So yeah, it, uh, it has to be Saka for me. I know you, you love Smith Boyd and you, you did correctly tell me he would get more minutes than William from about yes. January, January yes. onwards. You were right. That was on my that. greatest prediction of the, of the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, let's um, let, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't think how you can give it to, um, to him above above Saka. The final thing we need to say, Boyd, is that on the predictions uh, chart, we did get a tweet, didn't we, uh, telling yeah. us how we did? Yeah. And I think by one percent, I I just edged yeah. you out. So that's a uh, well done, well, Josh. One percent is the same as a, as a it's a win, <laughs> isn't it for me? So yeah,
2: unlucky. Triumph,
0: yeah, well done. Lucky. There, we, are, are, you you for are you looking What's at Arteta? What's the Ilkarteta? prize that I get, Boyd? <laughs> what prize do I get? um can I use uh, your butler for a day?
1: Yeah you can use the butler yeah access to the butler yeah that's for sure yeah maybe a dinner hosted by the butler we have a, okay. we'll have a lavish three-course meal. Yeah.
0: Alex is invited for this uh, meal. He cool. can,
2: uh, yeah, I was just I was yeah. just wondering whether you had a higher percentage than last season. Whether it was still a, on the whole a very drab performance, oh. but you're taking yeah, it we did like shit. Arteta and just going actually, hundred well, percent. I got one percent more than last season. So. <laughs> Do you know
0: how many correct scores between us we got out of our <laughs> whole season? God. I think I got two and Boyd got one. The whole <laughs> season, like appalling. If we just went one nil every game, we'd get way more. Way more. I think that fully justifies. Is the fact
1: that we're the only podcast that insists on predicting the score every single time. Yeah. I yeah. I like yeah, it. That's the key. Yeah.
2: Thanks Alex. Yeah. <laughs> we should say you're back on you. The last leg's back next week. Is it next week? Next yeah. God, Friday? yeah. We're back next week. Um, yeah. 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 Back next Friday for, for a run through, through the summer, which will be hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Be enjoyable. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I was, to, we, yeah. yeah, I was trying to persuade Stephen Graham to come on the show because he was on Red oh, the other day. Oh, I'd love yeah. to have him on such a great bloke, great. such yeah, an awesome bloke great, yeah. as well. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, will yeah, be his show, Yeah, his new show, his new time,
1: it is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It is grim, though, I have to tell you. It is set in prison, and it's fucking grim. If you want to know the grim reality of, of prison life, like I do, then, um, it, but he's amazing in it, yeah. Stephen Graham is brilliant um and maybe we'll get you get Dominic Cummings on
2: I've been watching Dominic Cummings all day I don't know about you um well but it seemed to go it seemed to go on for ages didn't it he was like yeah, seven I'm hours yeah I was just like he was like he had a lit you know when you've got like a list of things that you want to grasp someone up for it was like he was literally he's like, he's mon- he's written down every it's yeah. like a diary that he's gone through and it's like Boris yeah. did this to me today and it's like he's kind of gone out it was almost like an intervention but exactly. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Incredible. he's not short of Incredible anything things. to say. I don't think I don't think a one hour slot isn't. would be enough for him. Um, <laughs> maybe
1: no, you have extended. And yeah. we've got the Euros to look forward to. Yes. Um thank God. Yeah. So basically you've got the Euros, which is about in about two and a half weeks' time. Um, then there, then it'll be like that'll be on for a month, won't it? And then and there'll be pre-season and we'll be back in mid-August
0: for the start of the next season. So thank God for that. Um uh, we just need to, yeah. Thank you to all our, our many guests that have joined us uh, throughout this season. We uh, have have done the entirety of this season without seeing each other in person as well, Boyd, which is mm. a, yeah, uh, a special thing. It's We're been better, frankly, isn't it? Um, I think it's it's only more convenient, uh, yes, and, yeah. and much easier to uh, to ask people to uh, to come on. And Alex can join us from either his <laughs> shed or today with, with his bedroom, <laughs> um, which is uh which is a joy and insight and. Um, yeah we had uh, well keir Starmer, we, we had him we as well yeah so oh, what a great guest yeah. that was that went well yeah yeah, yeah. Hey, we had him
1: on alex um keir Starmer. Uh, it was a big thing massive, massive massive exclusive and then about a week later he plummeted in the in the polls by about 12% like <laughs> I don't know if it was, I don't know if the events were connected, but yeah, I mean, you know, oh, I feel wow. like after today, it could be a comeback because he was great in PMP's questions today and you know, maybe we could uh, repeat the podcast. <laughs> There's back. always next season, eh? Yeah. There's always, always next season. Next season. Yeah. I bet he'll be on, I bet it will be on the last leg soon. He's on fucking with Piers Morgan next week, so. Um, oh, wow. be good, be good yeah. to have him on. It would be good to have him on, wouldn't it? Yeah. Arsenal fan. Excellent. Thanks so much, Alex. Thanks, um, thanks Josh, for all thanks your you hard boys. work throughout the season. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next year with more predictions. Next year? Next season? next season, We'll be back <laughs> soon with more predictions. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network.